Hello, everyone. You're listening to Crunch Squad. It's a podcast within podcast where we talk about the rules, the mechanics, and the number crunching behind this wonderful game of Dungeons and Dragons. I'm your host, Ned Wilcock. Let's talk about some rules. Today, I am joined by none other than our illustrious elf rogue, Jacob Rollins. How are you doing today, my man? Hello! I am doing well. I'm doing well. How are you, Ned? Dude, I'm doing pretty great. I was in a, a live theater today for the first time in like a year. There you go. Over a year. It was, it was a good time. For the first time. Copyright. Yep. <laughs> well, guys, today we are going to talk about rogues. Rogues are so freaking awesome. They are um, fun. I've got a lot of thoughts about why rogues are great, but I'm not the one playing the rogue. Jacob, you're the one playing the rogue. Oh, so uh, let's just kind of start off by uh, getting a sense of what you like about playing a rogue. Oh, boy. Well, I will say this is the first time... I have played a rogue. I've always wanted to. They've always been that cool class in the back of the mind. It's like, if you could put the the classes of Dungeons and Dragons into the cliques of high school, mm-hmm. you got like the wizard nerds, you got the sorcerers who are like, I'm smart, but I don't need to study. They're like that. You got the jock fighters. The rogues are like the cool kids who you don't know how they do it, but they always manage to, to slide along and you think they're super cool, but they're getting away with crap. And you know who can't who can't love that? <laughs> and you're you're always kind of like, what what is this person's deal? Yeah, but that's just what makes them so cool. Exactly, they're just like, whatever, man. Screw the rules. I'll follow them. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot thematically and mechanically that's really great about rogues. Mm-hmm. So you've mentioned in the podcast about how you have roguey dice for roguey things. Roguey dice for roguey things. Yep. So let's talk about some of uh, what are these roguey things oh. that rogues are so good at. The, the, that's the beauty of a rogue in terms of if you're not going with thematics, if you're going just straight up what's their, what's their mechanics, they are crazy. And the thing is, they start off pretty good. And once you get to level about three, four, five, you're like, wow, this is really starting to be powerful in the things they can do. And then it just gets crazy better from there. Like rogues are amazing. The first thing that I think of is you can make them experts in things. It's the expertise uh, classification for rogue, not classifications. You get it first level basically. And you just basically, as kind of in the rule book, it says you can pick two proficiencies and what you're doing is you basically double your proficiency bonus. And so whatever skill you like in Dungeons and Dragons, you're like, I th- I'm the guy who I want to see everything. I'm the person who wants to investigate everything. I'm the person who wants to just be able to, to you know, jump up and down city walls and I'm fine in acrobatics. You can, instead of just being like, okay, well, I have to do really well in, in those categories. You, I mean, obviously you want to, but then you can go crazy with them with this feat. And I love the skill rolls. That's one of my favorite parts of D&D is rolling skills. Yeah, proficiency is one of my favorite things about D&D 5e as a system. This idea that, you know, some people are just better at things than other people because mm-hmm. they've spent more time studying them. Um, so as a D&D character, you have what's called a proficiency bonus. It starts at plus two. And as you level up, it eventually gets to the point where it's a plus six mm-hmm. to show that as you gain experience, you just become better at the things that you are proficient in. 
And so for a rogue who's gaining expertise, double that proficiency bonus. Mm -hmm. That is, that's a pretty hefty bump that you're getting to your die roll there. Well, yeah, if you think about it, like, let's say I wanted to be really good at something rogues do occasionally, investigation. They investigate for traps, things like that. If Mm -hmm. I have in, because investigation is tied to intelligence, if I have my investigation at, if I have my intelligence at, like, plus two, let's say. So that means on a normal person, they would have two plus their proficiency bonus, which would be, you know, four. But then with the expertise feed, if I'm like, I really want to be good at finding traps, so I'm going to double that bonus. That means you get four at two, that's six, which I know I know it's a lot of math, but it really starts to add up because once you're hitting the plus three proficiency bonuses, that means you are rolling, you are rolling with plus 10 efficiency, which is a crazy thing to have at fifth level. Mm-hmm. That's a, like for any other class, that's crazy to be like, you have plus 10 in that? What the heck? At fifth level? And this is like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if I roll like, if I roll a 10, I'm automatically, at, or if I roll a 10 or above, I'm automatically above 20 with yeah. this expertise feat. It's amazing. Yeah. So we've got like Fleeple over here giving himself guidance on every single mm-hmm. roll that he can. And I think I've, like the max that I've gotten for a roll has been like plus seven. And Lance is over here like, oh, plus 10 stealth. No mm-hmm. big deal. And that's just like the idea of rogues. It's like, they are very, very good at what they do. They they pick pockets. They hide from people. Rogues are, I want to say, the only class that automatically gets proficiency in thieves' tools. Yes. Um, yes. Unless, the, unless you have a unless you have a background feat, then yeah, they are the ones who get it. I think bards. Bards might have. I think it. I think it depends. But yeah, I think they're one of the only classes, at least, where you're automatically good at thieves' tools to break into places. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of the rogue being the person who's hiding in the shadows, expertise is something that really helps to support this idea of rogues are just very reliable at mm-hmm. what they do. But even later on, mm-hmm. uh, when I know, you get I to think a, I know what you're getting at. When you get I'm to s- level eleven, I'm so excited for this. <laughs> yeah, tell us about reliable talent. Jeff. Oh my gosh, this is where rogues, in many people's minds, are considered broken broken in a good way because they just go crazy at level 11 level 11 reliable talent any rogue no matter what uh subclass archetype you're going with gets this where it says in the in the book it says by level 11 you refine your chosen skills whenever you make an ability check that lets you add your proficiency bonus you can treat a d20 rolled nine or lower as a 10 Mm -hmm. that is so crazy that is so crazy if you are proficient in something that if I rolled a if I rolled a two or one, sometimes it depends on the DM. If you roll a critical fail, sometimes the DM lets it slide with reliable talent, sometimes not. That's just up to the DM. But let's say I rolled a two. I rolled a two in investigation for reli- for you know I'm level eleven reliable talent. That means all of a sudden it's like, oh no, it's not a two. It's now a ten, which means at level eleven, let's say I have again. Oh my gosh, the math is crazy. Because that's a proficiency bonus of plus four, which if it's something I'm also an expertise in, that means plus eight, plus whatever my modifier is, Mm -hmm. I'm rolling in like plus 13, plus 14. So it's like, yeah, I rolled a two, but my investigation's 23. (laughs) Yeah, so like, like, by the time time we get to level 11, like, that's the lowest you can get Mm -hmm. is a 23. If I'm proficient, it's higher from there. Yep. And like, they're. 
you know, the game when it talks about setting a difficulty class, like how hard is something for you to accomplish, they give some guidelines of like, okay, 20 is hard, 25 is very hard, 30 is nearly impossible. Yeah. But there's a very, very real chance that you're going to roll over 30 on some of these ability yeah. checks. Well, and yeah, that, that's the thing. Like if I roll under a 10, I get 10 automatically in those things I'm proficient in. But by 11, if I'm rolling like, again, like we talked about, I might have plus 13, plus 14 on some things. If I'm rolling, you know, 18, a good roll, not the top top, but if it's a really good roll and I have plus 13, I'm at 30, you know, I'm, I'm in the 30s now. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, I'm like, you know, like, oh, you investigate this. And it's like, oh, I rolled, you know, plus 13. I rolled an 18. That's 30 something. It's like you just dis you discover the DNA of, <laughs> of the father of whoever made this treasure chest. <laughs> exactly. And so, like, we've got expertise. We've got reliable talent. But wait, it gets better. Oh, yeah. Um, granted, it's not until level 20. Yeah. But at level 20, you get what's called stroke of luck. So if you attack somebody and it misses, you can turn the miss into a hit, or if you fail an ability check, you can just treat it like it's automatically a 20. That's crazy. That's just, well, and it's 20, obviously. Whenever you get to level 20, which is the top, I mean, you're getting OP stuff. Like some people fly at level 20, you know, they just are able to sprout wings and crap. But yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like where you're like, oh, I failed. You know what? I didn't fail. <laughs> I rolled the best you can. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. that is, I guess, the thing that I love the most about rogues is their versatility outside of combat is off the charts. Oh, yeah. They're the best investigators. They're the best at scouting ahead and trying to find, like, nasty stuff that's going to try and trip up the party. Rogues, they are just the best at what they do. And again, like I said, I love skill checks. That's one of my favorite things. I like combat, the role playing I'm really involved in of it, but skill checks, like being able to be like, oh, what cool door can I open up that is almost inaccessible, mm -hmm. but with a good skill check, I might be able to find, you know, that there's, there's option A, there's option B. Well, let me check. I might roll and get an option C that we didn't even know about. Yeah. So I just love that idea. That's where I, that's where I come from in any video game I play, I'm always like, I gotta, I gotta get up those stats. Cause whenever you get, if you ever play a video game with like a conversation, like choose thing. And they're like, Oh, you could have done that, but your charisma's not there. I usually exit out of the conversation right away, go do something that boosts my charisma and come back to the conversation. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I want that third door. I want nice. that third door. I want to get in there. And so, yeah, rogues are so good at being able to find ways that maybe even the DM didn't realize mm -hmm actually this could work for you to get past this situation yeah and like you keep bringing up um investigation as one of the skills that you love the most the thing that i love about like investigation and perception especially is those are the skills that move the story forward the dungeon master has stuff that's hidden and you need to find it to move the story and rogues they're, they're the ones who find that stuff they're the ones mm -hmm. who move the story forward oh yeah it's just yeah it's so disappointing when like instinctually as and we've come across this a couple times even with my rogue it sometimes you just have bad rolls where you know you know there's something beyond this threshold you know there's something you could gain you know if you're reading a book and you have to roll a history check you know where there you might glean something that helps the story or helps the the quest or you know you know you just look at the map that's in front of you and you're like that chamber looks oddly close to that other chamber 
but obviously as a as a person in there i couldn't see but metagaming it i think there might be a hidden door there and you roll and you're like crap i can't discover it because my proficiencies are off and i, I couldn't investigate that area well enough it's so nice to be like let's just look around roll that thing and find those find those little hidden gems mm -hmm. awesome yeah so we've talked quite a bit about the versatility of rogues outside of combat but in combat they are no slouch they are they can go crazy mm -hmm. they can go crazy yeah which obviously this is this is the thing that i think people talk about with rogues the most i went the skill route but by no means does that mean i was not super giddy and excited for sneak attack mm. sneak attack is one of the coolest combat features where you and it, again it's something that's available to you first level so it's like what i already can do some of this stuff right away even at the very beginning of the game where if i have advantage on a roll against an opponent or if that opponent is engaged with another enemy if i hit them then i can add a damage they they are distracted enough or not expecting it enough that it hits them in a vulnerable spot if you will and starting out right away like most people and every every class has its own feet but like again starting out i get an extra d6 so if i got my short bow and i have advantage because i'm maybe hiding from this enemy and i shoot i hit that means i have two d6 and that's like a first level to have two dice to roll mm -hmm. in a combat is crazy and like i usually say it only gets better from there because when you hit the third level you're getting two d6 so you're rolling three different dice you're rolling your initial attack dice and then two extra dice. Then you move up. Once you hit fifth level, you're rolling three d6. And sometimes it's so funny. I will admit, uh, in this campaign that we're doing, I have sometimes miscalculated how much sneak attack I can do. Mm -hmm. But because I get these extra dice, Thomas is like, "Oh man, that rogue!" And then at the end of our recording, I go, "Wait a minute, I could have rolled three. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I I, I could have rolled three in that encounter, not." and he was and Thomas the DM was already like oh Jake you're killing me with these high rolls and I'm like I could have done another third of that damage mm -hmm. on top of that and so it's just it just can stack so well the sneak attack yeah and we've talked about how you know not only does the expertise and the reliable talent get better as you level up with sneak attack you start out you get an extra d6 but by the time you're level 19, because you uh, get a sneak attack bump every two levels, that's an extra 10d6 that you're adding to your attack. That's crazy. And by that point, you probably have a weapon that already has multiple dice. Mm -hmm. And so you're looking at getting, obviously with 10d6, you're looking at, if you rolled, I mean, high on every single one of them, you're looking at 60 damage if you maxed out, but then you add additional dice and also, you know, your attack uh, bonuses. That's just, it's just so crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's just crazy. I love... You know, this is an amazing way to support just the thematics of the rogue as well. If you look at a class like the fighter or the paladin, uh, they get extra attacks as they level up. You can attack multiple times per round. Whereas the rogue, they never get an extra attack, but they make up for that by having one really, really good attack. Really crazy attack, yeah. And then also... In addition to that, like the fighter, like the paladin, who's getting these extra attacks, they also, most of those classes, have super heavy armor going on. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of protection, and they have a shield, too. And technically, the rogue can have a shield if you want to do it right, or if you want to do it that way, I should say. But that's the other cool thing about the combat of a rogue, is you're not only crazy at offense, your defense 
has capabilities that are like, oh, I need to buy a super specific item that's probably like thousands of golds worth to get this. And you're like, oh yeah, that thing that makes me uncanny dodge at fifth level, where if I get hit, I can use a reaction and have the damage. That happens at level five. Yeah, you probably have to buy thousands worth of gold to get an item that does that, but I got it at level five, I'm fine. Just the ability to be like, oh, you hit me? Okay, but I dodged out of the way at the last moment. You still hit me, mm -hmm. but only for half as much damage as it could have been. Yeah, or like, again, like, oh, I need to get to that other side of the map, uh, but I gotta run through all these opponents. All right, you know, I'm the tank, so I just gotta keep taking hits, which add up eventually as a rogue. It's like, oh, I need to get over there. Bonus action, disengage, run, use my action to run more. And I'm over across the map and <laughs> and nobody could hit me. Yeah, so rogues, they are great at dealing damage. They're great at avoiding taking damage. They're great at moving around really quickly. So there's just this wonderful, wonderful balance of very versatile in combat, very versatile out of combat that's hard to find with a lot of other classes. Yeah, it's hard to find and it gets increasingly more frustrating for the dm to figure out because <laughs> you have so many you have so many options in your wheelhouse of what you can do where you're like oh the dm like has us surrounded by enemies again i can use cunning action with disengage and they can't have attacks on me if i move around same thing with like oh yeah i do all this damage well i rolled to save i saved and also i have this other ability that halves the damage so i take no damage yeah, so evasion is a really cool one that mm -hmm. I like. So uh, this is this ties into area effects. So yes. like if a dragon breathes fire on you and it affects multiple people, you might roll a saving throw to try and dodge out of the way. And a lot of these effects will say, if you fail that saving throw, you take full damage. If you succeed, you only take half the damage. And the rogue, they kind of bump those up a level. If they fail, they only take half damage. And if they succeed, they take no damage. At all. Yep. So, like, you could be in the middle of something, and as our podcast name is, someone casts Fireball at you, and <laughs> all your party gets hit, and everyone goes down. You could potentially have a rogue who was supposed to get hit, even with half damage, but is just standing there with no damage and being like, oh, crap, everyone's dead. <laughs> But I'm mm -hmm. still up, so I gotta figure this out. Yeah. Which is definitely one of those moments where the dungeon master is gonna be like, darn that rogue. Yeah, I could have I could have TPK'd, which I mean a dungeon master, if they're if they're a nice dungeon master, they probably aren't aiming for TPK every time. But they're like, oh, I had the upper hand, but that stupid rogue evaded everything and then mm -hmm. just popped a little health potion, disengaged, and ran over and gave it to them, so they're back up. <laughs> Yeah, for our uh, not as familiar listeners, a TPK stands for Total Party Kill, yes. which is exactly what it sounds like. I've never experienced Everybody. one myself yet. Everybody dies. Mm -hmm. But yeah, rogues, I mean, we, we could continue to talk about rogues for oh, hours so cool. and hours probably. Well, and we've talked about just the basic of a rogue. We haven't even talked about their subclasses, which have such cool things where you can be even more crafty in thieving. You could be a spellcaster, which gives you the upper hand in a lot of things and illusions and things. You could you could be the assassin who, if you want to talk about nice damage, you go assassin and you're just like downing people who should have been a boss fight, maybe the first try, potentially. Mm -hmm. Like, it's crazy. And maybe kind of seeding the, seeding the pot, is that a term? Uh <laughs> Seeding the pot. 
um, put to, some seeds in this pot and see what happens. Yeah, uh, to to maybe build some hype for a future episode. Um, Lance's subclass is super cool. Yes. Uh, I I don't think I want to get into it too much yet because it has a lot to do with his backstory, uh, which I don't still know like anything about. So I don't want to spoil anything that's going on with him story-wise. But when, when that eventually makes it out, I really want to talk about Lance's subclass. Yes. Because it is amazing. I it love is. it. So ever since I have, well, yeah, I don't want to, people, if anybody is a listener and a total geek listener, you're probably going to look it up. You're probably going to figure it out anyway. But I won't say it yet, but I will say when I first saw that subclass, it was immediately, I'm like, I'm going with that one. Because that not only is really, gives you really cool abilities as a rogue, but also just can give you so much of a storyline. And I love storylines. I know there's some people who just like, you know, the campaign's the story enough, which is true. And I respect that, but I also love adding personal flair to a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. And that comes from a backstory. And this, this can really help with that. So stay tuned to this channel to hear what's going on with that scarf. He was, okay, I'll say it. He's a fashion designer. You can oh. fashion design as a subclass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, uh, I guess, a uh, little bonus tidbit uh, as far as subclasses. The idea being that uh, when you pick a class, that's like a specialization that you have. Uh, but you can even further specialize within that. So like we mentioned, if you're a rogue, you can be a rogue who's a thief and is really good at stealing stuff. You can be an assassin who's really good at just murking people. Um, so... Yeah, subclasses, I love them. I, I get oh, giddy yeah. whenever they announce new subclasses. Mm -hmm. Yep, I've always, whenever I've created a new character, I always pull up every subclass that's available, not just a player's handbook, all that's out there, and research the crap out of them, and they're so fun. They're so fun. So we've covered a lot of like the basics of what make rogues such a great uh, class to have in the party. Um, is there anything else in particular that you want to mention before we sign off? Ah, uh, is there anything else I want to mention? I, I, I mean, I mean, if you're already into this pretty, pretty well, if you're already listening to this episode pretty well, <laughs> I guess the thing I want to mention should have been at the beginning, but don't let the mechanics of Dungeons and Dragons scare you. I was, mm -hmm. when I started, which I think we'll get more into the meat, to the, the episodes I do for bonus stuff, which is meat and geek, and we'll have one focusing on me. Uh, I'll get into it more there, but when I got into it at first, D Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, things like that, I was like, I don't want to have leisure time where I'm having to add and subtract and divide and do math and figure out things. Like, I was really intimidated by all of the mechanics. And I would just say, don't, don't let that stop you from an amazing, an amazing storytelling adventure. Don't let it stop you. Don't let it stop you from getting involved. Find uh, obviously you got to find the right people, but there are so many people in the Dungeons and Dragons community that are so patient, that are so willing to walk you through what's going on. There's some jerks out there. I will admit that too. Mm -hmm. But but there's so many who just it's just such a great camaraderie of being able to do these adventures. And I just encourage anybody that if you're like this sounds like a great story, I don't get the rolling dice and I never want to do it myself, do it. Take a shot, find a group, find a friend who always geeked out about it that you were always hesitant about. Get involved in it because it can lead to some of the best, funniest memories where you're all just laughed around the table, even when it's one of the most serious situations of fighting, like a scary crap thing. But you're just loving every minute of it. 
So that's that's the only thing I have to add. Yeah, and especially if you've got a great dungeon master like Thomas, yes, who is very patient and knows the rules quite well, you just even if you don't know anything, you say what you want to do, and if you got a good dungeon master, they'll tell you what I need to do to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all for listening to us. Just geek out about rogues and how wonderful they are, and uh, you know, keep listening because we we record a little bit in advance, and Lance. He, he's got some cool stuff that goes on coming we, up. We all got some cool stuff. Even even the Fleeple, who says mm. he doesn't have a backstory, but every time something comes out of left field, you're <laughs> like, what did you do in your past? So it, it, there's a lot of fun things for, for all of our characters, for sure. Well, thank you everybody so much for listening to Crunch Squad, a subsidiary of iCast Fireball LLC. We hope that you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed talking about how awesome rogues are. Uh, From wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a review. It boosts our ratings throughout each podcast service. Uh, It puts our show in other people's recommended feeds, and it lets us know that you like what we're doing. And we'll give you a shout out. Yeah. And, you know, especially if you want to write something maybe a little longer than a review, you could also email us at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We would love to shout you out on our podcast for being awesome. And uh, we're hoping to get the word out there and set this podcast on fire. Fire! (laughs) So, to get the most recent up-to-date content from all of us here, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter with the handles iCastFireball20. There, you can get possible sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, interesting insights from the players and DM, and behind-the-scenes shots of us making this incredibly fun world. Just a quick shout-out to our sister podcast, Improv Table Talk. What's that sister podcast, Yeah, I I have no idea what this podcast is, but it's called Improv Table Talk, and apparently there's a resident kobold here who takes a turn as the GM and runs through mini one-month adventures using the Fate Accelerated Tabletop system. So whether you like tabletop games, improvisation, or just hearing my voice for whatever reason, we recommend that you go and give Improv Tabletop a listen. Lastly... Please like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers. Until next time, I am Ned, your host for Crunch Squad, and I have been joined by... Jacob, who plays Lance Thalen. Keep the fire going, and we'll see you next time. Bye!